Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Elaine B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Tuesday, September 19, 2017. Today we're reading from the Big Book, and we're on page 100, starting with the fourth paragraph at the bottom of the page, assuming we are spiritually fit, reading through three paragraphs, and ending with, to do the impossible have always failed. Today's readers are Melissa C.K. for the 12th step, Deborah K. for the traditions, Wendy M. and John K. The reference number for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting for Monday, September 18th is 10444. That's 10,444. The reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting for Tuesday, September 19th is 10446. That's 10,446. DOA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Hawaii is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Melissa C.K. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Elaine. May I be heard? Yes, thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Melissa C.K., Grateful Recovering compulsive overeater in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks so much for this opportunity to do service. Thank you, Melissa Kay. I will now ask Deborah Kay to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, A Vision for You. This is Deborah Kay from Oregon, a recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself and our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 
8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. Away as a such, hut never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for letting me be be of service. Thank you very much, Deborah Kay. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 100, paragraph 4, beginning with assuming we are spiritually fit, reading through three paragraphs, ending with to do the impossible we have always failed. I will ask um, Wendy M. to begin reading, please. Yes, good morning, Wendy M., uh, recovered in Colorado and currently in Summit, New Jersey, and um, delighted to be on the line. Thank you, God, for my abstinence. So assuming we are spiritually fit, we can do all sorts of things alcoholics are not supposed to do. People have said we must not go where liquor is served. We must not have it in our homes. We must shun friends who drink. We must avoid moving pictures which show drinking scenes. We must not go into bars. Our friends must hide their bottles if we go to their houses. We mustn't think or be reminded about alcohol at all. Our experience shows that this is not necessarily so. We meet these conditions every day. An alcoholic who cannot meet them still has an alcoholic mind. There's something the matter with his spiritual status. His only chance for sobriety would be some place like the Greenland ice cap or even an Eskimo. But even there, an Eskimo might turn up with a bottle of scotch and ruin everything. Ask any woman who has sent her husband to distant places on the theory he would escape the alcohol problem. In our belief, Any scheme of combating alcoholism which proposes to shield the sick man from temptation is doomed to failure. If the alcoholic tries to shield himself, he may be he may for a time, but he usually winds up with a bigger. It's difficult to hear. Thank you. Sorry, babe. Should I go back? Read the last paragraph. Why don't you pick up where you were? I heard you. Okay. Okay. Please. Thank you. If the alcoholic tries to shield himself, he may succeed for a time but it usually winds up with a bigger explosion than ever. We have tried these methods. These attempts to do the impossible have always failed. Okay, again, I'm Wendy. I'm a um, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, There's so much here, and I think it's hilarious, and that's a good thing. Um, But I want to start with um, assuming we are spiritually fit. So, you know, it's like, oh, by the way. Um, But this is so true, this promise. We can do all sorts of things alcoholics are not supposed to do. That's an amazing promise. And what I get from that is freedom. It tells me I have freedom. If I'm spiritually fit, it's not just I can do all sorts of things with regard to food. I can do all sorts of things with regard to anything. Like the anything is possible when I'm spiritually fit, when I'm in 10, 11, and 12, when I'm working this program. Um, So that's an amazing promise right there. We can do anything, all sorts of things. Um, that just gives me a lot of freedom. 
And what that means for me today, you know, with regard to like, like I've had binge, my absolutely old binge foods that are in my trunk because I'm doing some school project and, um, and I have them in my trunk or we've got bagels, which was my binge food um, forever in my house. My son loves them. And I mean, we have everything. We've got the ice cream. We've got absolutely everything. I do not have rules about what food is in my home, what food is not in my home at all, because I'm neutral with food. And that's a bloody miracle. It's beyond a miracle, like, right. So for 40 some odd years, you know, even 50 years, not neutral with food, even when I thought I was abstinent in a, in a way, um, that's a miracle. And that means I'm neutral in general with stuff, not just food, right? Um, because I did geographics. I think I've lived in 17 different locations, thinking that if I move there, um, I'll be able to, you know, lick the food problem. And I absolutely, there's food everywhere. It's funny, I'm going to make a joke, but when I watch a movie and they're like not finishing their food in, in the scene, I'm like, ugh, finish the meal. Like, what are you doing? You're taking a bite, you know? So there's that. And, and secretly, I love, this is horrible to say on the line, but I love having um, yummy food that I don't eat, um, you know, for my husband and for my son um, in, in the home. You know, I'm like, great, bring it, you know, enjoy it. Um, and it's really kind of interesting um, because I'm currently visiting friends in New Jersey. I was just at the conference and or convention, and it was unbelievable. And um, in the past, when I visit these friends, I people please. I eat all the food that they're serving. In fact, I was abstinent once, and I went to the ice cream store and had ice cream with them. You know, it's like I can, you know, out of fear that they'll be insulted if I don't eat their food. And it turns out this time around, I brought my food. They got to see how I eat. Oh, it's so intimate. You know, I don't want them to see. But you know what? My my being neutral with food, my being entirely abstinent is way more important than getting um, my friends to like me or, you know, and in fact, they love me because God's in charge anyways. Um, you know, Gentle but reminder. thank you. Um, yeah. So it's just the freedom, the freedom, the freedom that we get when um, when we work this program. Thank you so much. I pass. Could you hear that? I passed. Hmm. Oh, who would like to comment on what? Oh, I'm sorry. Charles I was Charles Charles John K. Barbara. John K. Barbara. Thank you. Alice. Ashley, please. Alice, I missed the last couple people there. Ashley P. Ashley P. Was there an Alice? That was Allison L. Allison L. Okay. And one more? Leah TD. Leah TD. Okay. Thank you all so much. And we'll open up again in a few minutes. We've got Charles H., John K., Barbara, I need your last initial, Allison L., Ashley P., and Leah TD. Please go ahead, Charles. I want to unmute, please, Charles. Oh, okay. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be spiritually fit, so I, I'm muted again after I said my name. Thank you, Elaine B., for your service, Charles H., a recovered compulsive over here. Now, um, when I was talking this morning, what I meant to really say is, you know, being spiritually fit, I'm not going to go in McDonald's talking about, nah, 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 see what I am not eating and what you're eating. I'm not talking Good about fun. that. Hello? You sound a little like you're in an echo chamber, but we can hear okay, you. Yeah. Okay, is that better? Uh, keep going. Okay, so um, being spiritually fit, I- I'm not going to go into a binge food place and say, nah, 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 or preach to anybody like Bill W. did in the beginning before he knew what he was up against. It, you know, it's not that I can... Um, you know, it's not that I'm avoiding those places because that's like avoiding life. You can't avoid life. There's binge food all over. It's a trillion-dollar business. But if I'm spiritually fit, um, just for today, I thank, I thank my higher power um, on a daily basis because I can't avoid it. The catch-up was in New Jersey. It's one phone call away. The catch-up 
was actually at the ta- at the you know they said there was a abstinence place and there was a you know a place where other people were eating from and I wasn't even looking for it and I thank God for that for that work I thank God for the opportunity I thank like my friend in Colorado always say I thank God I needed every bite. Because no matter what you or you or you or you said, I was going to take that bite. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, I don't avoid um, base food places. If I have a specific, and thank you, Lynn S., for telling me about those 62 ifs in this, this chapter. If I have a reason to go, a legitimate reason, I should not avoid these places, these sordid places. And, um, yeah, that's all I got this morning. I just wanted to clarify the message. I'm not saying... Um, that I'm going to go to a crack house because I know I can't go to a crack house, but I can go to McDonald's and I can go to to the bars and all those places, but I just know I can't go to a crack house. And I, you know what? I do have the mind of an alcoholic every single day, and I'm grateful for that mindset because it humbles me and reminds me where I have been and could go back if I get, you know, last thing I'll say is, Perfectionism is the highest form of spiritual abuse. And um, aren't we a perfectionist? <laughs> and with that, I'll pass, and I'll pass the baton to John Kitty, one of my teachers. Thanks so much, Charles H. And that's right, John K. You're up. Wow. <laughs> I am John Kiernan, a recovered compulsive overeater in Los Angeles. God, I feel like I'm back up on stage and I just got intrude. Uh, excuse my voice, folks. I've uh, been speaking a lot over the weekend, and uh, it was just an absolutely wonderful time in getting to see the faces and match them up with the people. It was really good. Um, if we are spiritually fit, isn't that the absolute you know, you can just almost stop right there, you know. Because I, I know in my home, you know, God, we've got a whole shelf of liquor under uh, the bottom thing, and it, it mainly gets dusty because most of our friends just don't drink. They're not recovering alcoholics. They just don't drink. Um, what, on the Sunday after the convention, you know, two days ago, we went back into New York and ended up walking down the middle of the San Gennaro Festival in Italy with all of these food carts, one right next to the other. And it was just fun to walk and remember I've been there before. Didn't recall in any way. You know, my wife has food in the house that I don't eat. I, I can eat it anytime I want. And I don't say I can't eat it. I say I don't eat it. I have the choice. I can eat anytime I want. The trouble is I won't stop eating it where she can. Um, and just to get up on the soapbox and actually dovetail onto one of the skits that Wendy was wonderful at and Charles was great too at the, the convention, was when I lead retreats, I always quote these two pages as to why I have a real problem with meetings that say we can't talk about specific foods. Is if we are spiritually fit. And I think when you say, oh, we can't talk about foods, you're giving it so much power. You're giving it way more power than it deserves. And we are, we are um, in my opinion, this is totally soapbox time now. I mean, we are uh, trying to tell the newcomer, oh, you need to be so afraid of food that you can't say the words. And like, like when they leave the meeting, they won't be inundated with billboards and commercials and everything else. But if we are spiritually fit, it isn't a problem. And I loved what Wendy uh, pulled me in the word neutrality because this just absolutely perfectly dovetails with the 10 step promises. You know, you know, it won't be a problem. It will have been removed. And anyway, that's what I wanted to share. And thanks, Charles and Wendy and everybody else who did so much, Leah and, and Melanie and Katie and everybody. It was just a wonderful uh, convention. And with that, I pass. Thank you, John K. Ditto to that. Um, Barbara, you're up next, and I'd love to get the first initial of your last name, Barbara, and then okay. Alice and L. Thank you. Hi, Barbara E., New Jersey. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Oh, wonderful. I listen to this meeting every single day in the Anytime version, and I love it, and I love all the shares. Uh, but I wanted to share today specifically because the paragraphs that were read really spoke to me. I am a hardcore compulsive overeater. I've been like that all my life. I was the woman that would want to jump across the table and strangle my husband to get the food. I tried diets. I 
got thin, I gained the weight nine times, not over not a hundred pounds each time. I came to OA twenty one years ago. I got to vision for you just recently. I understand that it's not just about abstinence. It's about working the plan, uh, living the 12 steps every single day. On the way to that wonderful convention, my God helped me out in the form of a policeman. An angel was sent to me because I got so lost on the way to the Marriott. I got to the airport, but I saw the Marriott and couldn't get to it. I was a mile and a half away at the long-term parking lot when an angel stopped me, a police SUV, and said, can I help you? And I said, yes, I want to get to Marriott. And he said, I will drive there. Follow me. He didn't have his lights on. He didn't have his sirens on. He took me to the door, and I said, thank you. You are my angel sent from God. And he said, in this year of 2017, that is the nicest thing everyone has said to me. And he smiled and he drove away. The convention was awesome. I was so inspired by everyone there. And I thank you all for your diligence, your working the steps, your inspiration. Thank you so much, Barbara E. Thank you, Barbara E. And so just a gentle reminder, our reading for today was page 100, the fourth and last paragraph, and we're reading and commenting on three paragraphs. So we'll hear from Allison L., followed by Ashley P. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good morning. This is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. And I just wanted to share on these three paragraphs. They gave me a lot of hope when I was finally introduced to them. Um, When I first came to my local meeting, I heard a lot of things that we weren't able to do, foods we couldn't have in the house, things we couldn't do, things we couldn't be around, um, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. I heard all of that, and I just uh, I identified out so much. I I thought, there's no way I can do this. I have small children. Um, I have to live my life. Um, Am I never going to bake cookies with my children? My identity was wrapped up in in food. Um, I loved baking for people and giving them that. People loved my desserts and my meals, and I would research meals and make meals. And so when I was finally introduced to this and um, found out that um, there was the possibility of, I I say possibility because I sometimes thought people were lying when they said they had neutrality around food, Um, but I I had just enough hope to do the work required to be entirely abstinent, to do the 12 steps, work them all, um, and have the spiritual awakening. And once I did that and had the spiritual awakening and became spiritually fit, um, it turns out that I don't love to bake and I don't love to make fancy recipes for people. I just liked to eat them. Um, But I, I didn't know the true from the false. Um, until I I had some clarity. And so now my identity is not wrapped up in the food and I can do those things. I can bake cookies with my kids and it's a miracle. I don't have to bake double and triple and quadruple recipes to a lot for all the ones that I want to eat. I can just make a single batch and give it to people or um, give it to them. But I have so many other ways to love on people now that uh, I've let that go. I'd rather just buy it because I don't love it. It wasn't part of me. Um, so I just wanted to share that. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Allison L. Ashley P., you're up next, followed by Leah T.D. Uh, good morning. Yeah, hi. Good morning. This is Ashley Recovered in Northern California. Um, can I be heard? Yes, you can. Great. Um, yeah, so first of all, I just want to say how incredibly grateful I am Um to be on the line this morning and to have listened to people whose uh, faces I know and that I had the blessing of being able to hug this weekend. It, it just, it is really, really amazing. And um, I'm profoundly touched by it. Um, and I was reading over these paragraphs um, uh, before, before the, the meeting started this morning. And these are, these are the paragraphs that, um, I really needed to hear when when I got into program that there was going to be a day where I could be around this stuff and um, 
and it wasn't going to take up all of my headspace because it's like everybody's saying, you can't live a life and not be around some of these ingredients that maybe aren't part of um, your meal plan or, or my meal plan. Um, uh, but in to, to really Ashley, we're not hearing you. Maybe you accidentally press mute, star one to unmute. Ashley P. Why don't we go to Leah TD and see if Ashley's able to get back in? Good morning, Leah. Okay. Please go ahead. Please go ahead, Leah. Hello? Hi, is this Leah? Is this Yes, please go ahead, Liat. We heard you just a second ago. Hey, hi, good morning, Liat. Me from California. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Wow. I'm sorry, Ashley, um, but I didn't hear the rest of you. This is here. We're back from the conference, and it's been amazing. My husband said to me, it's like a deep massage tissue. We're all slow in our minds and in our body and um, so much. And I'm so grateful for seeing the faces of the people that I hear every morning. And I truly, truly love you all. Um, I was thinking about these paragraphs because about over 17, almost 18 years ago, I've been given the gift of, uh, you know, being separated from food or from compulsive overeating. And, you know, in the book, uh, Ronald Hazard in previously previous chapters, you know, he spent so much time in uh, Switzerland with Dr. Jung, and then he spent a lot of money too. And, um, and he couldn't stay sober, you know, and he comes to the doctor and he said, what are you going to, what, what's my hope? And he said, well, unless you're locked somewhere and, throw the key in the water, and then also in, there's another place in the book that says, you know, that, you know, being locked up. And so that was my idea of how I am going to be able to survive. I had a few ideas, actually. I had either if there is a pill that you can give me instead of eating, you know, like three pills a day and nothing in between that will satisfy me and fill me up just like food did, which food didn't sell it binges or someone maybe a, some a chef will come and cook for me and there'll be no food in the house I mean I didn't see I didn't even think that there was an option of me having food that I can't eat in the house and have peace with that and I'm so grateful I mean I'm, I have a preschool in the house I have family daycare preschool in the house with 12 three or five-year-olds, and we bake, and every weekend, every Friday, we make challah bread. And um, that, I don't have any feelings to it. I'm completely free. And I've had people, I come from weight-measured programs, I I do do it myself also, that they had to clean with their sponsor, clean their whole house from sugar and flour and and the other thing that uh, is binge food is that, and they can't go anywhere and their husbands can't bring anything to the house. And, wow, what a imprisoned way to live. You know, I, I would never want to do that. I want to be able to live in this world, you know, free. You know, and I remember people would say, you know, with food it's different. With food you walk the tiger three times a day. You pull it out of the cage and then you put him back in the cage. And I didn't want that experience in life. I wanted what my husband had with alcohol, freedom. I wanted to walk in the school of freedom, free, you know. And I knew that I had to make, uh, I need to be a friend with that kitty. And I am, and I'm grateful, and I love you all. Enjoy your day. Thank you, Leah TD. So we are reading page 100 of the big book, the last paragraph, starting with assuming we're spiritually fit, through three paragraphs ending with to do the impossible, 
have always failed. I'd like to check in to see if Ashley P. was able to get back on the line and would like to complete her share. Are you on the line, Ashley? Uh, hi. Uh, I am I'm on the line. I have no idea where I cut out. I think I was <laughs> talking the whole time. Why don't you just take two minutes here and just, just okay. share your most relevant thoughts, please. <laughs> okay. So uh, what I was saying and my most relevant thoughts would be just that I am um, eternally grateful for the miracle of um, neutrality around food and around diets and around exercise um, because of the work that I've done in this program and because the work that uh, that uh, other people have done with me in this program, I have been able to not binge at holidays, um, to, to cook for other families and, and not, um, take part in, in food that, um, that is not part of my abstinence or, or part of my meal plan. Um, I've been able to be on very restrictive diets that um, healthcare practitioners have put me on for a health condition and, and not have those be problematic and not go back into my anorexia. And um, I've really fallen in love with um, different types of exercise like yoga. And I don't do them because I want to look a certain way. Um, I do them because they help with my mental health. Um, they help me feel more meditative and more connected to my higher power and in my body instead of disassociated from my body. And then I exercise for a certain amount of time and um, it, it doesn't go beyond that. So um, the neutrality around the food for me has been a lot of neutrality around behavior as well. And And for somebody that's been in the disease since I was five years old. I mean, I just, I never thought it was a possibility. And I'm just so, so beyond grateful. Um, and thank you for, for finding me again. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ashley P. We'll now open the line for people who'd like to comment on what was read today. Who'd like to Carolyn share? Carolyn um, S. Carolyn S. Carrie H. Okay. Carrie H. I heard Sherry KB and someone else H. Katrine. Teresa B. Uh, I heard Katrine and Teresa B. Karen T. We have one time for one more. I heard Karen T. So this is what I have. I'm sorry I wasn't able to get um, everybody. Carolyn S. Terry. Uh, Terry H. Sherry KB. Katrine, I didn't catch your last initial, Teresa B. and Karen T. Carolyn S., please go ahead. Hi, this is Carolyn S., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Um, I also was at the convention and very inspired by it. I'm just so grateful I was able to get there and, and hear all those wonderful speakers. Um, yeah, assuming we are spiritually fit, I mean, that's the, the foundation here. If we're not spiritually fit, we absolutely can't be around these things, you know, the um, the binge foods and ingredients. And I've had periods in my life where that was definitely the case. But now that I am spiritually fit, um, I have neutrality around um, the foods that, that used to call to me. And now I can have a normal home. You know, I'm not trying to shield myself from everyday things. You know, I'm not telling my kids, you can't bring that in here. If they ask me to buy something for them that I know I can't eat, I say fine, you know, and I buy it and it doesn't, it's, it's like, um, I knew someone in the rooms who used to say that when he baked with his children, he looked at it as Play-Doh, fun to play with, but you wouldn't eat it, you know, and, and that's how I feel today around um, baking and things that used to call to me. So, um, and it says here, we can meet these conditions every day. An alcoholic who cannot meet them still has an alcoholic mind. There is something the matter with his spiritual status. And, and that's the truth. Um, if we're in the right spiritual frame of, work, of mind, um, these things don't call to us. And we can live, you know, normal lives. I don't have to 
um, you know, say to my family when we're, when we're on vacation, I can't go in that ice cream store, go without me. I'll wait here on the bench and, you know, feel like an outcast. Um, now I can go in with them and I can sit there and, and watch them enjoying their food and, and be happy for them. And what a, an amazing gift that is and something I never thought I'd have. So thank you so much for all being there. And I pass. Thank you, Carolyn S. Carrie H., you're up next, followed by Sherry K.B. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H., a recovered compulsive reader in North Carolina. Very grateful today. Um, I had an awesome time in New Jersey at the conference, meeting people and making connections with people um, who are like me in some ways. Um, assuming we are spiritually fit, we can do all sorts of things alcoholics are not supposed to do. You know, for me, being spiritually fit means working those steps, 1 through 12, and continually living in them each and every day, expanding my spiritual contact with my higher power each and every day. And with that, you know, it opens up so many opportunities. You know, I'm going through a lot of things in my life right now with relationships with other people, relationships with a friend, relationship with my son, you know, relationships with my family. And, you know, I'm so grateful today that I have my tools and people in recovery that I can talk with and tools to work, you know. And, you know, this, this part reminds me of Jim's story. And, um, you know, Jim, who worked um, some of the program, worked the steps, but failed to exper- expand his spiritual experience, his spiritual connection with his higher power. And he goes back into the cafe and he eventually drinks. Um, and, you know, to me, that just says, you know, he, he still had the alcoholic mind. He wasn't expanding his spiritual experience. And every day, you know, I expand my, I seek, um, to grow, uh, with my higher power. It's not always easy. It's challenging. Um, but I don't, I'm not fighting with the foods, you know, and so I have, the ability, the clarity, the presence, the opportunities to be present, the opportunity to be patient and to work on life and life, you know, what's going on in life, you know, because before when I was in my disease, when these things came up in life, I went to the foods and food behaviors. You know, I was purging 10, 11 times a day. I was restricting for days on and in. You know, because I didn't know how to deal with all the emotions and things that were coming up. So today, you know, I work my program. I expand my spiritual experience with my higher power. And I'm able to look at those things and look at how, how, what my role in it, in it in each and every relationship. Because relationships are hard. <laughs> Definitely. So I'm really grateful for that today. Um, I'm really grateful for these opportunities to live life on life's terms. And, you know, I'm not fighting with the food, and I'm living life. And, you know, I feel sad sometimes. I feel upset sometimes. But I, and I feel happy, joyous, and free more than I ever had when I was in my disease. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Terry H. Sherry KB, you're up next, followed by Katrine. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, grateful recovered compulsive reader. Uh, thank you for your service, Elaine, and everybody on the line. Uh, assuming we are spiritually fit, we can do all sorts of things alcoholics are not supposed to do. You know, um, assuming being spiritually fit to me means that I have gone through the steps and that I'm living in steps 10, 11, and 12, and I'm working the steps. Um, and if, if that is true, then I can go anywhere, that I can stay abstinent, sane, safe, and protected, um, that I can do anywhere, go anywhere, do anything. And, you know, I used to be in a program that I remember just white-knuckling it so bad, um, you know, weighing and measuring and white-knuckling it and calling somebody, bookending before I went to a party and then booking, ending it after I went to the party just to make sure that I didn't eat anything there that I shouldn't be eating that was on my food plan. Fast forward today, um, after being in this book, working the steps, continuing to live in 10, 11, 12, you know, I, I choose to weigh and measure today, 
And the difference is, is that I want to, rather than I felt like I had to because I was always looking for a diet. I was always looking to, um, you know, uh, get uh, to go on a diet with group support. And that's how I used a lot of the programs for years. Um, and then getting in this book, get, doing the work this way has changed me so much and that I'm not white-knuckling it anymore because what I realized is when I was abstinent and not working the steps and living the steps, I was white-knuckling it. Um, and it says here that we meet these conditions every day. An alcoholic who cannot meet them still has an alcoholic mind. And to me that says I haven't recovered. If I still have an alcohol, if I have a compulsive overeater mind, I haven't recovered by being working the steps and living in the steps um, and being connected to a higher power every day, 24-7. For me, that's for me. And, you know, people talk about being abstinent happily. That's that's what it means to me, 100% abstinence, of being abstinent happily. Um, and that, you know, I can't, this last paragraph talks about, you know, if I'm trying to combat it by myself, if I'm trying to shield it, it might last for a while. And I've seen that in the past with my own behavior where I've tried to do it by myself. And the reason why I was trying to do it by myself is I wasn't asking for a higher power's help. I wasn't in the step work. I wasn't doing the steps or living in the steps. And that's the difference to me. And I will always fail unless I continue to enlarge my spiritual life um, by living in these steps and working the steps and doing the deal every day. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Katrine, you're up next, followed by Teresa B. May we have the first initial of your last name, please? This is Katrine H. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Um, so this this um, chap th- just this paragraph. Sorry, I'm kind of sick, so my my words might be a little messed up. But um, this paragraph is kind of, in, in on some level, really speaks to me because I am. You know, I'm. I think today is my third day of abstinence and the beginning of my third day of abstinence. And um, I know that I'm not spiritually fit yet because I haven't done all the steps. I'm on step one. And so I'm afraid to be around um, those things that alcoholics don't want to be around, such as the kinds of foods that I like to eat or have wanted to eat in the past. But at the same time, I also feel like, I don't know, there was something about being at the convention that helped me, uh, and, and the paragraph does that too, helped me to feel hope. Like the fact that I know that if I work the steps and I continue to work the steps and I continue to keep coming back and I continue to work with a sponsor, that I will eventually have neutrality from food and um, and be able to be around other foods that I used to want to binge on gives me so much hope and so much freedom because that's partly what kept me from being willing to even try being abstinent was, you know, well, I'll never be able to go get ice cream with my husband or my son or, you know, how am I going to live like that? I couldn't see that. And um, so so it's really quite inspiring, this this part of the book and the the thing that and then I'm going to close the thing that really inspired me over the weekend was and I think helped me to make this you know go in the direction of abstinence and not in the direction of the food was at one point everyone who had experienced a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps stood up and it that told me that there was hope for me that I wouldn't always be um, hiding the ketchup or making sure I didn't have it in, things in my house or, you know, that eventually I would have freedom that wasn't like being in jail freedom, you know. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much, and I'm so grateful. And I'm going to keep sharing because it's what I need to do, even though I may not be the best sharer in the world. Um, hopefully it will help me with my abstinence. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Katrine. Great to hear from you. Keep coming. Teresa B., you're up next, followed by Karen T., please. Hi, uh, my name is uh, Teresa D., and I am uh, recovered just for today. 
And, um, you know, I want to start, start the share off with saying thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, God. Um, because uh, without my higher power, and, you know, at times I like to get arrogant and think that I can do this on my own, and I can't. I know I can't because I am a real compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, and I just wanted to share this experience, as, as other people have said, is that I um, I went to an ice cream parlor with my, my wife, and I was going to sit in the car, and, and then I sat and I thought about it, and I thought, okay, God, am I in good fit spiritual condition? Because I came back to this, this spot in, in the, uh, you know, thinking, okay, you know, if I am in good fit spiritual condition, I can go into there. And I can sit there and be company for for my wife, you know, and not have to uh, wish that I could eat that or I would eat this and I would eat that. And and it was funny that I was able to sit there and just watch people while she got what she wanted because it was very crowded in there. And, um, you know, and it was like I was able to just be there and not obsess and not um, not wish that I could eat that Um that uh, poison for me because that's what it is. It's poison. Um, once I start eating it, I cannot stop. And um, again, I want to thank God, and um, you know, that I can can be in that spot and not have to be white knuckling it. So thank you. Thank you, Teresa. Karen T, you're up next. Hello, can I be heard? Yes, you can. Oh, great. Hi, this is Karen T., recovered compulsive reader from Louisiana. Um, an alcoholic who cannot meet these conditions still has an alcoholic mind. Um, that's the beauty of this step. When we first come into OA, we learn the twofold problem, that there's something wrong with our body and there's something wrong with our mind. My body has an allergy to certain foods that causes the phenomenon of craving. And my mind can't let me remember that. My mind gives me strange mental blank spots where I cannot remember that I have an allergy to certain foods. And the steps and the spiritual condition and our higher power helps to change our mind. An alcoholic who cannot meet these conditions still has an alcoholic mind. That implies that um, an alcoholic who can meet these conditions, our mind has been changed. And that's what we mean when we say we recovered. My, my higher power has healed my mind. So now I just have a one-fold problem, as long as I stay in fit spiritual condition. Then I will just have my allergy of the body. And... I will be okay with having this allergy of the body. The way I explain it to my friends is if I had penic- if I were allergic to penicillin, I would not have to go to penicillin's anonymous. I would just always know, don't have penicillin. It's okay. I'm just one of these people that can't have penicillin. But I need to go to Overeaters Anonymous because there's that mind problem that I can't remember that I'm allergic to certain foods. So when I work the steps, then my allergic foods are just like penicillin in my mind. Oh, yeah, right, right. Can't have those certain foods. They cause cravings, and I can't afford cravings. And um, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. My one foods that I was totally obsessed with and totally wanted and had self-pity that I couldn't have, that's all been neutralized. So the 12 steps heal our mind, but not our bodies. I will always have these abnormal tendencies in my body, but it does not have to be a problem. I can be totally neutral about it, like it talks about in the 10-step promises. So if I'm having trouble meeting conditions of food, then I may, the alcoholic mind may have come back to me, and that means there's something wrong with my spiritual status. So my prayer every day has to be, God, please help me do your will, be of maximum service to you and those about me, and then 
um, as a byproduct of my prayers. Oh, yeah, by the way, your mind's healed. That's not why I pray it, but that's just a byproduct of it. Thank you. Perfect timing. (laughs) Thank you, Karen T. And there's just one minute left, so I'm just going to make a couple quick comments. This is Elaine B., gratefully recovered in Massachusetts, and so grateful that I can go anywhere and have food between me and somebody else or food in the room and not have it take all my attention. I remember so many times I've been at parties or board meetings or wherever I was, uh, gatherings, and all I was looking at, all I was caring at, all I was really building relationship with was food. And it chokes me up and brings tears to my eyes of the beautiful connections that I had. There was safe food around everywhere, but whether the food for me is my food or not my food, it doesn't have to interfere with my life today. And if all of a sudden something on the table looks more important than being present and being with the people that I'm with, I need to lean back into my higher power and say, what's up? Why is that looking like a solution? I know even Dr. Bob, the food or the drink called to him for a couple years after he uh, got recovered. And so I'm so grateful it doesn't have to take my life away and that I've learned how to love and have relationships with people instead of with food today. And so that is the end of our time for sharing. We're going to transition the meeting now. And I would like to thank everybody that's shared. We're going to... um, Transition to the reading in the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer, and then we're going to welcome our newcomers. Will John Kay please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Please press star one to unmute, John. Sorry about that. My phone was doing strange things. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.